technically, I guess, even before winter. In my mind, winter always starts in November. You know, the calendar says it's not till dang near the end of uh, December, but the flooding and now the multiple bouts of cold and snow and who knows, there may still be more on the I keep telling myself, you know, in the last several years, it's often February when we've gotten our worst storms. Well, shoot, that's, you know, over half a month away yet. <sighs> so who knows what we could still have to uh, deal with weather-wise. It's been hard on farming, uh, certainly. Uh, you know, we talked with Brianna DeBrian recently. I think that was last week on the show, wasn't it? My memory's terrible. Uh, yeah, last week had just how challenging it can be on a dairy farm. You know, dairy farmers, beef farmers too, anybody with animals has to, you know, make sure the animals are taken care of, continue to do things no matter what the weather throws at them. Um, and, you know, the, the devastation of that flooding uh, in November, uh, was felt by farmers and the entire community as well. I, I'm gonna, I want to talk this morning about something I'm pretty passionate about, which is doing everything we can reasonably, feasibly, pursuing every option possible to keep something like what we saw in November from ever happening again. I know there are no promises in life, and who knows if you know you could ever keep that from ever happening again, but doggone it if we shouldn't try and try our darndest to do everything we can. Do you agree? I think a lot of people agree with that, and particularly people who are still trying to and will be for months, some for years, trying to rebuild their homes and their lives because of the devastation that happened with the flooding here in Whatcom County back in November. I'm Dylan Honkoop, by the way. This is The Farming Show here on KGMI News Talk 790. This is so important because people are, like I said, still rebuilding. Some people have lost everything. Some people still have no home. And they've been, or they're living in a trailer or somewhere else that's less than what they want to be in and having to deal with this cold now on top of it. It's a bad situation. And let's not forget, a man lost his life because of this. Uh, it, it was an awful, devastating thing to our Whatcom County community. But here's the thing. It's one thing to rebuild and try to pull things back together. But how to keep it from happening again? How, how, how can we you know, rebuild and try to keep going if that risk is still there? Could this happen again next year? I certainly hope and pray not, of course. But what steps are we going to take as a community, whether it's locally here in, in the local cities, the county level, the state level, the federal level, to in, even internationally, because Canada is involved in all of this as well. What are we going to do? I, I believe strongly that we need to demand from our leaders at every level action and action as soon as possible to prevent what happened in November. Okay, so where do we start with something like that? You know, there are, and we've talked a little bit about it already here on the program. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of ideas being tossed around uh, the community. Lots of people saying this, that, the other thing. I think the first thing that as a community we need to acknowledge with all this beyond that this was devastating and we need to do everything we can to keep it from happening again, we need to acknowledge there is no single silver 
bullet that's going to fix the whole thing in one shot. Not to say that we can't fix this problem, but it's not just one thing. I've lamented the fact for many years on the air and off about our kind of one thing culture. That, you know, some people, a lot of people, myself sometimes included, uh, fall back on this idea that there's just that one thing. And if that were to change, then all these other things would be solved. In some cases, that's true. But in this case, no, it's going to take a lot of different things. And I don't want any possible option to be dismissed out of hand. I want everything because of how critical this is not just for farming, but for the safety of people, for the future of farming, and even for our environment, even for fish who are deeply harmed in this flood as well, and by some of the larger problems, water management problems that led to it and the failures that led to this. So I believe strongly everything must be on the table right now. At various parts of our community, left, right, environmentally focused, business focused, you name it. All the different groups and spectrums and everything that different people fall onto of where they land and their views. Everybody has things that they generally say, no, we don't get behind this or we don't get behind that. We can't stand for that. At this point right now, sorry to be blunt, but I don't care. And I am willing to think through and consider and have our leaders pursue things even that I'm maybe uncomfortable with because it doesn't matter about my political views. My, my political views aren't what need to be assuaged here or protected. What needs to be protected are the lives and livelihoods, again, of, of families, farms, even fish here in our community. The homes that have been destroyed, we need to protect our communities. So let's consider everything. One of those things that has been talked about a lot, but I haven't seen a lot of specific focus about how we go about this. And I, I, I've also been learning about this and finding out there are some misunderstandings about this is dealing with managing the river and particularly all the gravel that's in it. I've been learning some fascinating things from people who've been engaged in these kinds of issues for a long time. And it's important to know that there, for one, this is the, one of the first things I began to learn as people were talking about this. There's a, there's a difference between, and I talked about this with Fred Lickle on the program a few weeks ago, there's a difference between dredging, which a lot of people seem to be talking about, and sediment management. Now, some people may say, it's semantics, but it's not really just semantics. Dredging is a term that refers to going right into the river channel where the water is flowing and scooping that deeper. And as Fred Lickle has shared with me and others, and we've talked about on this program, that particular practice has only limited potential benefits and could have, you know, could actually make things worse in different places at different times. The idea of taking the gravel bars, however, out uh, taking them down by the many feet that they are too high. I mean, we're talking about gravel bars that are, you know, what you, you measure it out uh, eight feet, sometimes more than that, above where the water is in the summer or at the time of year when you know the fish are running. Guess what? There ain't no fish up there on top of that gravel bar. That's a different story. That is sediment management, sediment removal. That needs to happen and it's a crying shame that so much red tape and bad political decisions over decades have led to that 
practice being stopped. Because honestly, it can be done, and many sources from different angles are saying this, it can be done with minimal impact to fish. I mean, that's always the concern, right? You dredge the river, you're going to harm the fish. Well, number one, we're not talking dredging per se. We're talking sediment removal. And because that's different, it can be done with minimal harm to fish and have a significant impact on flooding. Will it solve the whole problem, though? And honestly, from the things I'm hearing, I mean, it's been, tw what, 20, 30, over 30 years, I think, since they've really been doing that with any significance on the Nooksack River. Used to be a big thing. And interestingly enough, back then, salmon runs were stronger than they are now. So how does that correlate? But again, it's a lot of rabbit trails that we can't go down with the time we have this morning. But it could take another 20 years or more to catch up on all of the gravel that's built up in the river. So th that also will not be an overnight fix, even if they get right at it tomorrow. Do we need to pursue it? Yes. Will it make a difference? Yes. Is it the silver bullet? No. So let's be savvy in what we're pushing for. Not just that. We need more than just digging the gravel out of the river. Another major solution, and I know I've been talking about this now for a little while, and some people roll their eyes and say, eh, politically, that's never going to happen. Well, again, I don't think anything should be dismissed out of hand. We need to be talking about this. And those who stand in the way of something like what I'm about to talk about, who, who stand in the way of at least looking at this, and if not pursuing this and doing this as soon as possible, in my view, stand in the way of protecting our community from another flood like this. And that issue is water storage, storing water in significant ways, likely in the mountains, in the foothills, maybe even in the lowlands, wherever it might work, because this can do some huge things if we can fi figure out the right way to do it with, again, I, I won't want reasonable solutions. Let's consider the concerns about the environment, about fish. I'm not just saying go out and willy nilly do this. Let's take everything into account, but it doesn't mean we take it off the table. Let's look at where we can store water in the wintertime because that will also help us then in the summertime, which is a, the second part, the second, the other side of the water management problem in the Nooksack River Basin. That's something that we've been saying here at Whatcom Family Farmers, where I work, it's something that uh, Rich Apple has said in a in a uh, an op-ed. Uh, it's been out online at the BellinghamHerald.com since Wednesday. It's going to be in the print uh, edition tomorrow if you want to read it. Uh, so check that out. Um, we've been saying water storage is potentially one of the biggest solutions here to protect our communities from flooding like we saw, to lessen at least the severe, and we won't ever be able to 100% prevent a flood, but lessen its severity. That's what I'm interested in. So we aren't losing, you know, 75% of Sumas, uh, losing so many homes, so much land, so much properties, a life lost that, that we don't see that, that severe again. Look down in Skagit County. They have reservoirs, significant reservoirs on the Skagit River. They too had that nozzle that some like to call an atmospheric river, whatever you want to call it. Pineapple Express, doesn't matter. All that water pointed at them too. But their, the severity of the, their flooding in Skagit, not to say that they didn't have some major problems there. And look at that Baumgartner farm that lost so many cattle and, and a lot of other problems there. But it is estimated. Some are saying, I'm looking for more 
you know, studies on this to add credence to it. But it is likely from credible sources, they're saying it's likely that Mount Vernon would have seen something like six more feet of water in that flood had they not had the capacity to store and hold back water in the reservoirs that they have there upstream on the Skagit River. The flood wall, the water, they built a flood wall in Mount Vernon because that's been such a problem, right? Even for the city of Mount Vernon, now they have a flood wall there. The water got, I want to say, within a foot or a foot and a half of the top of that wall, spared downtown Mount Vernon. If they would not have had that water storage, downtown Mount Vernon would have been decimated by that flood, would have had potentially four, six, eight feet of, well, I guess you really add it to the water on the other side of the wall. It could have been eight feet or more. That's what reservoirs can do with floods. Let's get looking at it. Let's not just say, well, that's never going to pass muster politically or, you know, environmentally. No, let's look at it. Can we do it? Can we do it in a way that satisfies the concerns about the environment? Can we come up with some way to pay for that? Let's do it. And in fact, the governor of the state of Washington has talked about this and has even talked about putting money in his budget to support this kind of work. Let's jump on it here in Whatcom County. Let's say, hey, Governor Inslee, put your money where your mouth is and support this. The director of the Washington State Department of Ecology this past summer during the drought said, hmm, we're in a drought, but there are small areas that aren't in drought. She was asked by a reporter, actually, why why is that? Why? Because those areas had water storage. All that water that they saved in the wintertime, likely mitigating impacts of floods, you could turn around and then use that to keep the streams from running too low, municipal water systems from running out, whatever, in the summertime when the water is low. So she, at that time, in a press conference with Governor Inslee, talking about the drought emergency in the state, said point blank, and I I should have called up the soundbite of this for the show here. She said, we need to build drought resiliency Here in Washington State, we need to build water storage. So if the director of the Department of Ecology can say that, all right, let's do it. Hold these folks' feet to the fire. If if they're going to say stuff like that, they got to put their money where their mouth is. Put up or shut up, I say. Let's get it done. And as far as this whole water rights adjudication thing that we've talked so much about for the past couple of years, put the pause on that. That is only going to get in the way of solving the actual water management problem that we have in the Nooksack Basin that causes both these floods and the droughts and low river levels that even this past summer in the South Fork killed thousands of fish. They have the same cause. So let's stop squabbling. Well, there's climate change, there's just not enough water anymore. Well, yes and no. Really, there's enough in the system. We don't have a water supply problem. We have a water management problem. Let's get real about it. Let's put everything on the table. There are other things that can be done with the river as well. You know, different means of, you know, some some places the dikes need to be raised. Other places, I don't know if I say, again, I want to keep everything on the table. Some places, maybe they even need to be lowered so that river can spill into different places where it causes less harm than what it did this time. I don't know. Let's consider everything, anything possible feasible, responsible, let's do it. Do you agree? If you agree, I would encourage you to go to whatcomfamilyfarmers.org. 
And there on the front page, you will see uh, a post, a picture that actually I took out on Hampton Road right near Slotomaker when the floodwaters were raging. Big headline, Whatcom Farmers Call for Immediate Nooksack Flood and Water Solutions. Check out that article. That's the article uh, uh, opinion piece, column, whatever you want to call it, from our president for Whatcom Family Farmers, Rich Apple, farmer out there uh, in the Ferndale area on the river. So he knows this very well. He's been around it his whole life. And then just below that photo, you'll see the, the picture of the JCB from Sculton's Equipment and a Border Patrol officer talking with him. You know, that photo circulated. A bunch of people asked me if they could use it, and I said, sure. Hey, I took that picture, too, out there on Clearbrook Road, just past the railroad tracks. There's a headline down there that says, Join the growing movement to solve Whatcom flood and water issues now. Go there. Click on that. And there is a tool there where you can sign up. What we're trying to do right now is gather as many supporters as we can. And as this, we're not going to sit back. We are going to continue to push this as hard as we can. Me and my colleagues here at Whatcom Family Farmers and already so many people who agree with where we're going with this and the, the urgent need for this. We're going to keep pushing this. If you sign up there, we can keep you updated as new ideas and things happen politically, et cetera. Things are, are, you know, continue forward. And then at some point it will be, not could be, it will be necessary to make our leaders, whether it's at the county, local county or state level, even the federal level, hear from us. And we will be able to send you easy ways where you can send messages directly to lawmakers with one simple click. But you've got to be on the list of supporters for this effort. You don't have to support any one specific idea or the other. I recognize there may be some things on the list that are being pursued that some people say, huh, no, I don't think we should do that. Okay, great. Let's talk about it then. Well, let's not dismiss it. Let's keep it all on the table and figure it out and make our leaders take action. So again, WhatcomFamilyFarmers.org, um, just below on the right hand, or excuse me, left hand side of the page, other right, uh, <laughs> join the growing movement to solve Whatcom flood and water issues now. Click on that, join the effort, and we will keep you posted here at Whatcom Family Farmers what's going on, how you can help. And when it comes time, how you can send a message directly to the people. As far as I'm concerned, when it comes time and there are proposals on the table and action needs to happen, we cannot let sit back and let it get swept under the rug. We cannot let our leaders say, oh, well, politically, I don't really want to do that and let this issue die. No. And at that time, it will be the time to make some inboxes go crazy, if you hear what I'm saying. Send some messages, make some calls, do some texts, whatever it takes to get the message to make sure that folks in Olympia and in Bellingham and maybe even in D.C. know that we're here and we're expecting they act now and we are not going to be silent until they do. This is The Farming Show. I'm Dylan Honkoop here on KGMI. Thank you for being with us and uh, appreciate your support as we continue this effort. Um, it's going to be a long haul, but we have to keep after it and push for things to move as quickly as possible.